Colleagues, welcome back to the office. We're going to get started with our presentation here just in a moment, but before we do, I have a couple of brief announcements to share with you. First, if you're watching our course live, please note that we'll confirm your engagement through polling questions uh, that you can respond to. Polling questions will occur about every 12 to 20 minutes, and please keep an eye out for them because they might not be announced. If you're watching after the fact it's a self-study course, you will confirm your participation and engagement with our course today through a brief quiz that you'll complete on cpetoday.com after watching or listening to our presentation today. Your completion certificate will be sent to you by email. As long as you respond to 75% of the polling questions, if you're watching live, you will receive full credit for today's course. If you're watching after the fact as a self-study course, please note your certificate will be available to you immediately after passing the course quiz. We'd love to know what you think of our content and of our presentation today. If you wouldn't mind completing our course evaluation to provide your thoughts and feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, your feedback is used to help produce better and more insightful courses for you to consume in the future. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. If you're watching live, feel free to use the chat dialog box to ask your questions to the presenter. And if you're watching after the fact, you can send us an email at support at cpetoday.com and we'll follow up with you as quickly as we possibly can. As a reminder, the CPE Today podcast is available as a joint effort between CPE Today and K2. Twice a week, we're bringing you the latest and greatest in technology, accounting, business knowledge, and more. You can watch for free on cpetoday.com, YouTube, or Facebook. If you can't make the live presentation, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and listen to the show on your own time. All of our podcasts are eligible for CPE credit. After watching or listening, you just head over to cpetoday.com. You complete a short five-question quiz, and you'll earn a credit for watching or listening. Now, if you've never tried one of our classes before, how about you try one on us risk-free? You can use coupon code ONEFREEPODCAST at checkout to make any podcast course of your choosing 100% free. We're going to get started here with our presentation. And again, thank you so much for being here. We hope you enjoy the show. Colleagues, welcome back to the office and welcome to our presentation for today. This is K2's Everything Google, their most effective tools, apps, and services. My name is Steve Yass. I'll be your instructor and presenter for today as we examine some of the most commonly used features, functions, products, and services of one of the largest technology companies in the world, Google. Now, in this class, we are going to be looking at some of the business functionalities, some of the search capabilities, some of the major features and functions. Uh, and frankly, when I was putting together this course, it was so difficult to try to determine what to include. Uh, there was no shortage of material to actually write uh, because Google is a collection of like 200, 300 different uh, individual companies. And even within that, there are thousands of features and functions to consider talking about. Uh, but I tried to pick some of the major things that I think are of most business use and effectiveness and stuff that I think that you could probably uh, be get a lot of benefit from learning on how to use more effectively. Now, we're going to go ahead and start our discussion today here where we're going to go and explore Google's workplace tool, um, which is called Google Workspace. Uh, Google Workspace is Google's business productivity platform. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with Office 365, this is going to be a competitor to Office 365. Most organizations would uh, either choose to utilize Office 365 or they would choose to utilize a Google Workspace. A third option would be uh, Zoho. But uh, if you're not using 
uh, Office 365, more often than not, the company will choose to use uh, Google Workspace. And so Google Workspace is a collection of different tools and services. Uh, it's a fantastic set of communication products, storage products, desktop productivity, administration, collaboration, and more um, that you could choose to use to really kind of power the, the needs of your company. Uh, this includes things like emailing, calendaring, file storage, writing documents together, uh, and more. I will point out, unlike uh, Microsoft products, which include the ability, for example, to add Dynamics 365 or Zoho as an example that has Zoho Books and Zoho Expense, Google products don't have any financial tools, but they do integrate with many other popular accounting tools, including uh, QuickBooks Online and Xero where you can bring in your uh, Google data into those accounting products and then leverage Google Workspace in, in other ways throughout those products as well. Now, Google is a really good option for organizations of all business sizes, but I would say it runs really well for organizations that don't want the headache of kind of configuration of big enterprise applications that don't want to take on the headache, for example, of managing a Office 365 uh, or managing or certainly building out their own cloud infrastructure and maintaining it. Um, Google just kind of works and will continue to work and, you know, just continue to operate really kind of without any fuss or muss. Uh, I will point out their their migration and the ability to kind of get this up and running in your company is really great. Um, you do not need a super powerful computer to run Google products. Uh, everything lives in the cloud, unlike 365, where you know you could still run Word, Excel, PowerPoint on your Windows machine. With Google, everything runs in browser. Everything's going to run inside of Google Chrome and um, or Edge for that matter, or Firefox for that matter too, or on a mobile device like a mobile app or something like that. Now, the pricing on this is pretty easy to understand. It's really six or uh, six, 12 or 18 bucks per month. Okay. At the $6 rate, um, this is a pretty introductory level package. Um, at this particular rate, what you're going to get is basically your basic email services, including your email. Uh, you're going to get basic conferencing through the Google Meet product. Uh, we can have up to 100 participants in a video meeting. Uh, you get 30 gigabytes of storage per user. So, you know, that storage can be allocated and sliced and diced really kind of any way that the company might need to. Uh, so, like, if you wanted to be able to um, use that for, uh, you know, storing of documents or you want to use that for storing of uh, photos, the employee can decide how to do that as well. Uh, but I will point out certain things like the support, the security. Uh, for the most part, those are the same throughout the actual application itself. And whether you have one user or you have 100 users or 1,000 users, uh, the security, the service, the administration, all that's relatively the same. Now, as you start to go up in price at 12 and 18 bucks, really the big difference here is going to be in the um, conferencing solution as well as in the document storage. We can see here at the $12, it goes up to 150 participants in the meeting plus recording. And at the $18, it goes up to 250 people in a meeting and five terabytes of storage, uh, which is a fair amount of storage that you consider uh, utilizing. Um, you know, I could tell you with Google or with Microsoft 365, it's a terabyte per user. But here you're going to get a lot more than that. It's five times the storage. Uh, but I will point out, this is a more expensive product than what most people will get in their 365 subscription. Let's go ahead and have our first review question for this hour and take a look at uh, understanding what type of data can be stored in a user in a user's Google Workspace account and how much. 
Okay, so you have the option of 30 gigabytes per user, two terabytes per user, or five terabytes per user. Okay, now while all of these answers in and of themselves um, are correct, um, the correct answer though, and the most precise answer would be all of the above. Uh, at the 30 gigabytes per user per month, uh, sorry, 30 gigabytes per user, uh, that's going to be at your introductory starter plan, and the two terabytes will be at your medium level plan, and that five terabytes are going to be at the premium plan. Uh, so technically, they're all correct, and you can get as much data as you need here. And so I would say the most precise answer here is going to be all of the above. Now, let's go ahead and understand some of the major products that come as part of your Google Workspace subscription. So, uh, I would say overall, I'm going to, it feels about a dozen or so different products come with a Google Workspace subscription. Um, in my mind, though, the absolute flagship of that particular subscription is got to be that Gmail service. Uh, Gmail, in my opinion, is probably the overall best email client on the market for myself. I love it. It's my preference. Uh, I love 365. I love Zoho. I use both those products every single day. But when it comes to email, in my opinion, there's nothing better than Gmail. And in Google Workspace, you get a full Gmail subscription. And this is a tool that you could use to manage all aspects of communication, email um, inside of your inside of your organization. Okay, with Gmail, it's an anytime, anywhere uh, service. It's 100% cloud-based. It's the same experience whether you are using it on your desktop computer or your mobile computer, and it's really good across all your different devices. In my opinion, it's one of the best security-focused services that are out there. Uh, it's constantly backed up. You have tons of Google options to um, reduce your risk and exposure and to promote and privacy. Um, utilizing this service. I'm going to give you some best practices in a little bit with respect to uh, securing your Google account, but in and of itself, very secure service to consider using. Also has great spam protection. It's not perfect, but frankly, no service is. Uh, but Gmail, as I'll talk about here in a minute, I mean, it's gigantic. And so they have the advantage of being such a large service that they've got really sophisticated uh, functionality to block spam and phishing before it even comes in. I'm willing to bet like 90% of the email that would be malicious is blocked and you'll never even see it. So the spam that does end up in your inbox is quite limited. Uh, I'll point out this is one of my favorite things with respect to Gmail, the search. Uh, and this is what made me fall in love with this product. I, uh, I have been using Gmail consistently since probably 2005. So we're talking almost, well, let's see, God. Yeah, I mean, over 15 years at this point. And um, I've got emails going back to college. And I love the fact that I can just search for anything in my inbox. And so those search parameters I was telling you about before, those are the same here as they are in your Google search. And so if you know how to use those search parameters, you could find any message. I actually don't categorize or um, put my in my email into folders because I don't really see the point. I can search for whatever I want and find exactly what I'm looking for. Now, I'll point out when you're using, well, this is both for Google, the free version that you use commercially, as well as the, the business version. Uh, there's no ads and there's no targeted advertising. Um, I will point out... Uh, you know, even with the free service here, it's a little bit misleading here. Uh, Google doesn't scan emails. Uh, they used to do this. They stopped doing it uh, probably about you know a handful of years ago or so. Uh, but they don't actually do any targeted advertising or anything through your email. And on the business service, it's 100% zero ads. And to be clear, you're not using at gmail.com as your email for uh, Gmail, but rather what you're using is your company's domain. So at company name.com. Uh, you're just using Gmail as a client. 
you can also use Gmail as your email client itself. And that's the thing I really like about it. I like the fact that, for example, my client, is, my email client is not Outlook, but rather a web browser, because that means any computer I pick up, I have the full experience. I have all the information that I like to use uh, directly inside of uh, my tool. And I just think that works really, really, really well. Uh, and you can also choose to use Gmail inside of Outlook. So you're not limited to, for example, just using the web interface. If you want to use this on your uh, desktop Outlook, you could certainly do that as well. Now, Gmail is gigantic. It uh, remains the most popular email platform in the world. 1.8 billion users worldwide. And uh, <clears throat> just to put it into perspective, there are about 4 billion email addresses worldwide. So almost 50% of people are using Gmail as their service. Uh, as of May of 2021, Gmail owns 18% of the email search service uh, market share worldwide, about 53% in the United States by email volume. Google Workspace has over 2.6 billion monthly active users. It's very popular, typically with a younger crowd. Over 60% of 18 to 29-year-olds use Gmail as their primary email account. Uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. The average email account is worth about 3500 bucks. Uh, and that represents the value of the correspondence that's being stored inside that account. And we're seeing over 306 billion emails sent and received daily to that Gmail service. So uh, it is quite simply the world's largest email service out there. And when it comes to personal, uh, it definitely dominates the landscape. But when it comes to uh, when it comes to uh, business, it's still a quite popular tool as well. So let me go ahead and switch over here. I want to show you a couple of things within Gmail that I think are useful for you. So we're here in Johnny Demo. This is my, my demo account here. First thing I wanted to show you was that Google uh, Alert, just so you can kind of get a sense of what that, that looks like. Uh, with that Google Alert, you can get notified if something happens. Like So as an example here for Johnny Demo, uh, Johnny gets notified anytime there's a new article about the FASB, you know, so the Financial Accounting Standards Board. And once a day or once a week, in this case, it's once a week, uh, Johnny here gets an email and, you know, to the Journal of Accountancy, the Wall Street Journal, uh, they can get access to those emails, uh, those news articles without having to go looking for them specifically. So that's what a Google alert looks like. And you can have as many different alerts as you need set up. Okay, the first thing I want to show you is this Google search. Uh, from this Google search, what's awesome with this is that you can find exact emails of what you're looking for if you know how to search for it. Uh, so let's say I want to go find emails from Steve at Debmatics.io. I can go ahead and type that in, and it'll show me not only uh, Steve's contact information, but in this case, here's a budget that Steve had uh, sent over, okay? And so you can just type in the email of what you're looking for. You can also get a little bit more specific with this too. So let's say we wanted to go find specifically emails from, uh, uh, let's take a look here of this Dave, David at Jasper.ai. Well, what we can do up here inside of this, we can go ahead and say from, which is our search operator, david at jasper.ai here. And that's going to filter down just for emails coming from that one particular person. We could also include other email operators like before and after. So like if I wanted to go find emails before May 1st of this year, I could type in the word before 2022-05-01.
And here you go. Here are just those emails coming before. And so the ability to be able to combine operators like this makes it one of the best tools in my experience because I can slice and dice the data inside of my inbox to find exactly what I'd like it to be. And in fact, there are operators for all different types uh, of searches that you can consider to utilize. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a look at a couple of those here. Okay, so if you want to specify from a specific sender, you could use the from colon and you could type in their name or their email. If you want to look at email coming to a specific person, you could type in two. You could look in the subject line. You can group emails together as well. Likewise, you can use the minus sign to remove specific terms if I don't want to go look. You can also look around other things, you know? So if I wanted to go, for example, uh, and look uh, for information around a specific holiday, I could use that around term and uh, it will look around how many words those can be apart. So I can say holiday around 10. So go look for emails where it's specifically mentioning holiday and vacations mentioned within 10 words of that. If you happen to be using the labels, you could use that as well. Uh, the label search is the ability to be able to categorize emails, kind of like how Outlook uses folders. And there's all different types of operators for all different types of things that you might choose to use here. And you could search for pretty much anything. And for myself, I, I know probably, I'm going to say at least 10 to 15 of these off the top of my head all the time. And I'm doing stuff usually like, uh, as an example, I'll look for something from my company. So I'll do uh, at devmatics.io has attachment.xlsx xlsx okay and it'll find me that exact email of what i'm looking for okay so i like that a couple other things that i like to do here that i think are pretty useful you should know there's a couple of different uh, inbox styles uh you can for example uh, change the net the nature and method in terms of how uh, gmail organizes itself if you come over here to the little settings icon in the upper right hand corner you can go ahead and you could change so you could change the density of how uh, you know close together things are. I personally like mine pretty close together. You can also adjust the inbox type. By default, we're in this default view. Uh, I like this inbox, uh, the priority inbox, because it'll pull together the stuff that is actually important and put it right on top for us. Okay, you can also set up reading panes. Okay, with the reading panes, what this will potentially do is that it'll give you a kind of an additional pane to be able to read your emails. Okay, a couple other useful things that you should know. If we click over here to set uh, all settings, you can adjust the theme. Uh, you could set the theme of your inbox. So if you wanna have like a nicer theme, maybe a nice fall color, uh, give it a nice look and feel, you can go ahead and set that. Okay, there's an offline mode. So if let's say you're using this computer and you're gonna be offline on a plane or a train or something like that, and you wanna be able to send and not necessarily send and receive, but maybe uh, correspond and get all your emails queued up, you could run Gmail offline. And then when you get connected back to the internet, it'll go ahead and sync up and, and send all those recent messages uh, out of your inbox. Okay. Uh, you can come over here to filters. Filters are potential rules that you want to apply to your inbox. So as an example here, okay, as an example here, let me just go ahead and turn off my, uh, my, uh, my reading pane. Okay. 
as an example here, I tend to get, and this is, again, this is just a sample email here from this uh, this Dave guy. Uh, this is from a pretty cool tool called Jasper AI, but I've noticed that he reads and sends me a lot. Okay, if you get a lot of email and you don't want to get email from that person, a couple things I'll point out. First and foremost, you've got this report spam button inside of your inbox. If you click this, what's nice is that you can automatically report spam and then unsubscribe if you don't want to receive messages. And they will automatically take you off that mailing list without you really kind of having to do any work. But you can also do other stuff too. You can create what's called a filter. So from that guy, let's say that David at jasper.ai right here, let's just say for whatever reason, I keep getting emails from this person and they won't stop. What you could do is you can create a filter. So if you click over here to the filter options, this little button right here, you can go ahead and click this button and you could say, hey, from when this search matches this criteria, go ahead and skip the inbox and uh, you could delete it or you could skip the inbox and you could uh, you know, move it to a specific folder. Uh, or in this case, I could delete it and mark it as red. And I can also apply it to all these conversations that are going on. And so when I click this, now all of a sudden, any e email that comes from that specific account will get marked as red and then put directly into the trash. And so I really like that in terms of being able to filter down to the um, and get rid of stuff. If you look at my actual, like my personal Gmail, I've got probably a hundred different rules that are set up to kind of keep the clutter out of my inbox. Okay, two last things I wanna point out with respect to this. Uh, and one just kind of general observation. If you haven't gone through the settings here, there's some really cool stuff that you should consider in enabling. Like for example, the ability to recall a message or undo. I've got this set up so that if I screw up a message, I can hit undo real quick and be able to fix it if need be. That's really good. And there's all these kind of useful tools here like dynamic email. As you start to write your message, it's gonna to try to figure out what you're writing and give you predictive text. You just gotta turn some of these things off or on. But one of the things I wanted to point out was under the accounts and import and specifically this. You can send and receive messages from accounts other than your Gmail. Uh, for example, if you use this check email from other accounts, you could plop in another Gmail account, another business email account, and it'll check the mail from that account and drop it all in your Gmail. I love this because it allows me to unify my inbox to one central place, and I don't have to go searching through multiple different inboxes to find that important message. I have one Gmail and everything is combined there. Likewise, you can use this send mail. So if I want to be able to send mail from another place, I can go ahead and do so as well. And so I use this quite often, and it's this feature in particular that makes it a killer feature for me because it allows me to consolidate all of my mail in one inbox, and I don't have to have three, four, or five different services to be able to go out and check. They're all in one place. So hopefully those email tools are pretty helpful for you. Alrighty, so another major critical feature of the Google Workspace is gonna be the calendar, okay? I love Google Calendar, I use it personally. I use Outlook for my business because that's what my business uses. Uh, but the Google Calendar for my personal calendar I think works out really, really, really well. Uh, you can create as many calendars as you need. So you can create business, you can create one for your conference room so you can schedule who has the meetings. Um, you could use it for share your calendar with other people and more, uh, and it's fantastic. And the other thing I really like is that it'll automatically add stuff from Gmail. So if I get, you know, plane tickets for Delta or a hotel reservation on Hilton, it'll automatically add it to my Google Calendar. And so anything that comes in with date and time, you know, it'll attempt to try to figure out and add the appropriate stuff to my Google Calendar. 
Now, you can also share your calendar with other people. Um, you can pull your calendar down to your phone. You can, you know, do lots of really kind of cool stuff with it. And uh, I just personally think that Google Calendar is a nice, easy, integrated experience. Um, and it's a tool that I pretty much use every single day. And it's my primary calendar uh, that I choose to use. Now, if you want to extend your calendar, this is a little outside of the, the scope of the course here, uh, and you want to make your calendar even more effective, one such product I recommend is called Calendly. This is a tool that will allow people to schedule meetings um, with you, and it will look at your real-time availability, and if you're available, allow somebody to be able to schedule a meeting with you, and if you're not available, it will uh, prevent somebody from being able to schedule a meeting. And the reason I like this is that it helps prevent me, anyways, from getting double booked, uh, and it also uh, prevents uh, people from scheduling meetings when I don't want to meet, like the weekends or really early in the morning or late at night, and it also helps uh, take a lot of the headache out with respect to management of the uh, the calendar because it just basically syncs and, and puts everything where it's supposed to be and I can just tell people to go schedule an event uh, and it will uh, allow that person to schedule an event if I'm free but if I'm not free then it will um, prevent that from occurring okay but instead of having to go back and forth about like oh can we meet Friday at uh, five and you're not available um, you know okay well how about Tuesday at two well I'm not available vice versa we could basically use Calendly and you browse my uh, my schedule and it will show you exactly when I'm available and then you just pick based off of your availability. Okay, let me go ahead and show you quickly how this works. So we're here in my Google Calendar and I just got a couple of simple calendar appointments that I set up here, work, teaching, so on and so forth. And let's just say you wanted to go and schedule an appointment with me. Well, I have the free account here for my uh, my demo user, but I can tell you on my, my normal big account for Calendly, I've got different types of meetings. There's 30-minute meetings, 45-minute meetings, hour-long meetings, two-hour-long meetings. When I want to schedule something with somebody, I direct them to my Calendly page, and they would pick the quantity of time they'd like to meet. So let's just say we wanted to meet for 15 minutes. Well, the user is going to go ahead and click here, and when they click here, Calendly is going to connect to one or multiple calendars, and it's going to browse my availability and determine if I'm free. So you can see here, like, there's no availability left today, but let's check tomorrow, okay? Well, tomorrow, you could see here that uh, it's showing me only the times I'm free. So it says 9, and then it jumps to 11.45. And if we look here, I've got an appointment from 11, 9.15 to 11.45. So it's going to prevent somebody from being able to block and be able to take that schedule. Likewise, if we come over here, you'll see that I've got uh, something blocked off in the afternoon so that you can't be able to schedule something when I'm not available. Now you could set up all different types of uh, calendar rules, like you can't book something 10 minutes after something ends, or you, know, you need at least an hour, you can't book something 10 minutes before the meeting's supposed to start and vice versa. But this has been a wonderful tool with respect to kind of management of my day-to-day -day calendar, and it's made my life a lot more efficient and if you have to meet with people on a regular basis, I think you'll really appreciate this tool as well. So this in conjunction with Google Calendar, I think is our no brainer. Uh, and it's a wonderful way of being able to manage your day to day life. Now, another product as part of the Google Workspace is going to be Google Drive. OK, Google Drive is Google's 
file storage solution. And Google Drive allows you to store, sync, and share files inside of your Google account. Uh, you can use this individually, you can use this within the company, uh, you can use it on your mobile device, you can use it on your desktop device, and more. And it allows you to easily share information from one computer to the other. And it's very similar to like Dropbox or OneDrive. You put information into your Google Drive account and your computer sees that it's in that special folder and then it has a syncing service, which will then upload that document of whatever you've put in to your Google account uh, and back it up in the Google Cloud. Now, if you happen to have a work computer and a home computer and they're both on the same account, one of the cool things that you can do with this is that you can, um, you can uh, uh, push those files dynamically and in real time down to the other devices that you happen to use. This is very similar to Dropbox, OneDrive, and all these other solutions here. Um, and so it creates really good redundancy, creates really good backup. Um, it's a really good way of being able to store and share files with your colleagues. Now, every account, as I mentioned, comes with a certain amount of storage. Um, and it just depends on what level of product you have. But you can get as much as you need. Google will absolutely sell you more storage if you need it. Um, so if you need terabytes and terabytes, you can go ahead and do them very quickly. Now, these file sharing and syncing services, they're fantastic. They're a really good component of backup. Uh, you can increase your redundancy by backing it up to the Google Cloud in the event your computer kaputs. Well, you've got a copy backed up in the Google Cloud, okay? You can then share and sync your files to even other devices so you can immediately access a spreadsheet that you started on your work computer, on your home laptop, and more. And you can also create and share information with colleagues, family, friends, uh, whomever else you might need to do. And one of the reasons I really like this is that it's a great component of creating redundancy and backup inside of our organization. Um, backup is something that you, you can't fix after the fact. It's not like you can go back in time, unfortunately. And if you figure that out, please let me know how to go back in time. But um, it's something that you have to do proactively. And if you don't do it proactively and you have, and you have a data breach, you have a, a hard drive that uh, falls apart on you and, and uh, mechanically fails, well, you're going to be out of luck. You won't be able to access those services and they won't be available to you. So as a reminder, I mean, Google Drive, OneDrive, Box.net, whatever, these are all really good ways of providing easy backup for yourself. Uh, it's going to be automatic. It will back up any files that you specify and you put in into your special Google Drive folder. It'll be redundant. It's backed up to multiple places, typically multiple of your own computers plus multiple Google sites. It's off-site in the cloud. So even if you have your home computer and your laptop in the same room and your unfortunately your home burns down, your data will still be in the Google Cloud. Uh, the only other piece here is you got to regularly test it. You got to make sure that the backup that you're doing is still complete and works. And if you're interested, check out this link here. You could read about what it means to create a backup plan. But these services are fabulous. They're cheap. They're easy. You can inexpensively backup pretty much everything. Uh, there are other services that are out there. Google, it's part of your account, so why not use it? Um, it'll just work for you. And absent of another solution, this is a you know kind of an easy and effective way to get started with backup. You should hopefully do more, but this is a great way to at least get started. Now, in addition to Drive, we also have another product, um, and they kind of melt together. They're not necessarily distinct, but you have Google Drive, and within Drive, you've got Docs, Sheets, and um, Presenter, uh, and these are tools that you can ultimately use to create business documents inside your organization. So they're all technically within Drive, but then you've got Docs for word processing, Sheets for spreadsheets, um, 
slides, which is a presenter tool and others that you can use to be able to create business productivity documents and then ultimately share those with your, with your colleagues. Okay. So Google Docs brings together all different types of collaborative editing, styling. Um, it looks and feels like any other word processor that you've used. Um, the big benefit here is that it's super lightweight. It just lives and operates inside the browser. Um, you can write, you know, letters. You can use this to produce financial statements. You can do anything that you would expect to do inside of a word processor, uh, like word inside of this application. Now, the other big benefit is because it's cloud-based, the access on this is really simple. You could take this document and edit it anywhere. You could take it and edit it on your phone, your tablet, your computer, and there's even an opportunity to be able to continue to work on these documents even if you're not connected to the internet. I'll point out, it also natively works with Excel, PowerPoint, Word. Uh, in a lot of ways, when you choose to use the Excel or PowerPoint or Word options, you're just changing where the file is being stored. Uh, and so in a lot of ways, when you choose to, for example, store something inside of Excel uh, and you choose to you know, save or add your Google Drive to this, uh, what you're really doing is you're just changing and you're putting it in that Google Drive location. Um, and from there, uh, it's being stored redundantly back into that Google Cloud. Okay, but I will point out that all of these files, whether they be a Google Docs or it be a uh, Google Sheets for that matter, uh, they're fully cross compatible with their Office counterparts. So if you use a Google uh, Sheet as an example, which is an Excel alternative, you could still absolutely open that document inside of Excel. Uh, and save it to Google. You could, for example, uh, create something in Google Sheets and export it into Excel format uh, to share to a colleague and more. So these, uh, these files are really kind of all analogous to their Office counterparts. Docs is going to be Google's version of Word. Um, we also have Sheets. This is going to be Google's version of Excel. Um, you know, specifically what I want to mention here is I got to be upfront. It is never going to be a replacement for Excel for so many different reasons. Many of us, myself included, have a very strong relationship to our spreadsheet tool. Um, I think anybody who tried to replace Microsoft Excel with Sheets is going to be very disappointed. But I will say that I think it has a different use case um, than what you'll see with Excel. Now, that's changed a lot with the new features of Office 365 collaboration. Uh, frankly, the Microsoft Excel collaboration tools in SharePoint and Microsoft Teams are astounding. Um, but Sheets, you know, if you're using Google, it's not a bad alternative. I mean, especially if you're looking for stuff that requires uh, simple calculations, not a lot of complex analysis, and collaboration with other people. The, the nature and manner that you can create a Google Sheet and share it with other people is just really simple. And that's one of the things I think it really excels at is by being really, really simple. Now, you can do certain operations inside of Pivot Sheets that you can find in Excel, charts, graphs, pivot tables. They're all there. It's all available for free. And I mean, frankly, Office can be expensive. Um, Google Sheets, if you're price conscious here, is a pretty cheap alternative here. And you can also do some really cool real-time collaboration and editing with Google Sheets. Let's go ahead and take a quick look at Google Drive, Google Docs, and Google Sheets. All right, so we're here in our Google Drive, and this is just a generic, again, testing account, so nothing really fancy to point at here. Uh, looks and feels like OneDrive or Box.net or Dropbox. 
Uh, I'm on the web client version of this, but I'll point out there's also a desktop version that you could download as well. And anything I'd want to save or store to the cloud because I was worried about it maybe, um, you know, getting accidentally deleted or data breach, I can just drag directly inside of Google Drive and it will upload that document. So in here, what I did was I uploaded an Excel file. And really what I want to show you is that even though this is an, an Excel file, an XLSX file, I could still absolutely open this up inside of Google Sheets. And in doing so, I get the same features and functions that I would expect in my spreadsheet applications right inside this Google Sheets. Now you'll notice here, it's still in Excel format, so we're not losing anything. And even if it was in the Google Sheet format, I can come over here to the file menu and select download, and I could choose to download this to another method and another file format if I so desire. You know, So if I wanted to download this into a PDF, an HTML, CSV file, or something else like that, uh, we can go and do so quite easily. Okay, we can also print out of our, our files as well. So if we wanted to be able to create a print version of this particular spreadsheet, we get similar print features as we would expect inside of Office. Now where Google really could shine though is up here in this share option. Uh, at any point, I can go ahead and I can share this document with other people inside of my company. I can share this with other staff. I could also, for example, uh, change this and allow other people to be able to access this document as well. So I could say anybody with the link or I could restrict it down to specified people um, and only allow certain folks to be able to get access to this. Okay. And so I really like this. The one thing I wish they did offer here that Office 365 offers is that you can choose to share something, but then also expire it. You could say, I want to share this for the next week or I want to put a password on it. Unfortunately, I'm not aware of a way that you can do that inside of Google, which is one of the major security features I wish they would add. So sharing, editing, pulling it out, simple, fast, and easy. And the same search features that we expect in Google Search and in Gmail are also available inside of Google Drive as well. But if something's in here, it's backed up, it's safe. You don't need to worry about it, okay? And as you start to use this tool more and more, you'll see the number of files you use grow and grow. Okay, let's go ahead and have another review question. Which of the following below is incorrect, incorrect, as it relates to backup. Okay, uh, so should it automatically be redundant in type and location? Uh, that's actually very much correct. When you create a backup, you absolutely want to make it redundant and you wanna have different types of backup. For example, backing up to the cloud, backing up to a hard disk, as well as in multiple different locations, maybe one in your office and then one preferably in a data center far, far away. So that's not the correct answer here. Uh, should it be regularly tested? Absolutely, it should be regularly tested. So that doesn't uh, make this the correct answer e either. Uh, unfortunately, so many organizations run into issues when they go to restore from a backup only to find out that it doesn't work. If you're gonna do a backup, you need to go through it the entire way, including testing to make sure it works. So that's not the correct answer either. A copy should be stored in the cloud. Well, uh, that's also very correct. And so not the correct response as it relates to this. Uh, that's something you absolutely should be doing. Uh, the cloud, you know, makes it fast, efficient, easy, and pretty darn affordable these days. So backing up to the cloud provides a variety of uh, benefits to the company. 
So I would encourage you to do that. Uh, the correct answer, which is the incorrect way of producing a backup here, would be that it should be manually initiated. So I would tell you that um, with respect to your backups, they need to be automatic. They need to occur uh, regardless of what the user is going through or doing any given time. Uh, meaning, you know, it doesn't matter if they're having a busy day, that backup should still initiate. Very similar to an anti-malware solution scanning that user's device to uh, check to see if there's malware installed. That should happen automatically. And the same with backup. It should be 100% automatic occurring regardless of what the user is doing and automatically uh, uh, following whatever procedures the company set forth. So please make sure that your backup is automatic. Okay, so a couple of other Google products that we should be familiar with inside of Google Workspace. The next one is going to be Slides, and Slides is Google Workspace's presentation tool. So its most close competitor would be PowerPoint. Um, this is a really good tool for the occasional uh, person who's putting together a presentation, maybe for a board of directors meeting or something else like that. Uh, and it's a pretty cool, effective tool. You can make really effective, easy presentations. Uh, you can present them in full screen. You can use your uh, tablet. You can use your mobile device. Uh, you can do animations. You can do actions. But I would think that probably the coolest thing is the fact that you can easily share your presentations and collaborate uh, with people um, using Google Slides. Uh, so as somebody who writes a lot of presentations for a living, um, just being able to collaborate with other people would be a good feature um, in a way that would be able to reduce uh, your need to email documents back and forth with people. Now, Google has other tools, too, outside of the traditional desktop productivity. Uh, one is going to be a tool to be able to collect forms and responses from people, okay? Uh, the Google Forms tool is a tool that you could choose to use to create evaluations, quizzes, surveys, uh, and then use them with your colleagues, your vendors, your clients, and more. So if you wanted to collect customer satisfaction surveys or if you wanted to do a... Um, a survey with your staff to decide when the office Christmas party would be. Well, you can use Google Forms to be able to collect that information and uh, ultimately put it into a spreadsheet and do that analysis that you'd like it to be. Uh, with Google Forms, you can create surveys, put your logo on there, change the colors, and then you just send it out to people. They can respond and edit and it'll work really, really well. Uh, and all the results are going to be dumped straight into a Google Sheet, so you'll easily be able to pull that data into um, your spreadsheet and be able to do whatever type of analysis you'd like. Now, Google has several different conferencing solutions and several different conferencing tools. Um, they've got their Meet tool. They've also got their Chat tool. Um, unlike Microsoft, for example, which is primarily built around Microsoft Teams, uh, with Google, this is actually fragmented into a couple of different, and they actually have several different uh, conferencing solutions, even in their consumer brands, stuff like Duo and Hangouts, although Hangouts recently was retired. Meet is the tool that you would use for secure video meetings and businesses. Uh, I'll point out this is a free tool, unlike Zoom or WebEx. Uh, if you have a Google account, you can host a virtual meeting, although I will point out there's no audio conferencing on the free versions for telephones. You'd have to use your computer or a smart device. And so Google Workspace, if you happen to have the paid version, though, you can get a dial-in phone number to allow people to be able to communicate. Uh, but this, you can easily create a conference, uh, share it out with other people. They can instantly connect, and you can instantly be able to 
um, screen share, share documents, talk, communicate, collaborate, and more. Let me go ahead and show you what this looks like. Okay, so we're back here in our Google Calendar here. And notice I've got my client meeting here uh, that's coming up on uh, Friday at 2 o'clock. And so let's just say, for example, I wanted to go and I wanted to make this a video conferencing meeting so that we can communicate and share screens with each other. Well, what I would do is I would come into this meeting, okay? And I'm going to go ahead and just uh, invite, let's go ahead and invite uh, Alicia. Okay? And when I add a single person to this, notice it instantly creates this Google Meet. Okay, you could choose to remove this if you don't want it. You could also change some of the video settings here. So you could, for example, allow people to share their screen or not share their screens uh, and more. And once I click this save, it's going to send a calendar invita invitation out to her. And then she'll see that. And then when the time rolls around for us to be able to meet, all she has to do is click this join with Google Meet and it will instantly take us into our video conferencing. It's actually pretty useful, 100% browser-based, uh, no software to download or maintain. If you're using a modern version of, um, if you're using a modern version of uh, a Chrome or Edge, you're going to be able to connect and join people and be able to talk with people. Now they've got their other tool. This is their chat tool. This chat tool is for one-on-one -on -one as well as group messaging. You can send direct messages to people. You can do one-to-one. -one. So I could talk just with Alicia. I could do one-to-many where I could talk to Alicia and Alana, uh, or I could do whole company if I'd like to do so. In addition to chat, we can also use this as a way of exchanging files, assigning tasks to each other and more. Uh, and chat is actually built right into Gmail. It's on the left-hand side of Gmail. And to be able to utilize this tool, it's quite simple. Let's go ahead and take a quick look. So we're back over here inside of Gmail. And on the left-hand side, you'll see our little Hangouts option listed there, which will soon be called Chat. They're still rolling out that out for other folks. But if you see Hangouts or Chat, it's roughly the same thing. We can go ahead and we can hit this. And if we wanted to, we could go ahead and send Alicia a chat message. Okay, and if we've never spoken with her before, we have to go ahead and invite this person. And once we've gone ahead and done so, uh, then we have the ability to be able to chat, okay? Uh, if you're in a business though, this chat will be allow you, unless you specifically adjust it uh, to be something different, uh, this chat feature will also allow you to just be able to talk immediately with anybody in your business. So here's my other account. I'm gonna go ahead and click invite. And I would be able to chat with that other person uh, and we'd be able to, there we go, send that chat invitation here and uh, we would be able to instantly be able to communicate and talk right inside of our email. There you go. And so we can see here, actually here, we just made that invitation. Alicia has accepted. Uh, actually, she clicked maybe. So maybe, she, maybe if we're lucky, she'll show up. So, all righty. And so that chat feature is quite nice. I used to use the personal one a lot more than I do currently, but uh, um, inside of the business um, version of this, I've tended to use it a lot more. I used to use it a lot more when I was in college, uh, but now, you know, frankly, uh, we've moved on to other social media tools uh, that work a little bit better. But I think you'd have pretty good luck with this using this in your business. Alrighty, let's go ahead and have a, another review question. 
which Google Workspace tool would be ideal for collaboration with your colleagues? So what would be a good option to collaborate and communicate with your colleagues? Well, from my perspective, uh, I think it would be all of the above. So each of these answers in and of themselves uh, would be correct, but the most precise answer here would be all of the above. Okay, we could use Google Meet to be able to conference with each other and be able to share screens and talk and collaborate. We could use Docs and Sheets to create real-time documents to, to talk with each other, uh, or not talk with each other, but share word processing, spreadsheets, and more. We could use Google Drive as a way of exchanging files and sharing those. So collectively, the whole workspace platform is going to be a great opportunity for collaboration with our colleagues. Now, Google has so many other products as well. They have Keep, which is a useful tool for notes and lists. It's most, com uh, I think it's probably its closest competitor product would be um, OneNote from Microsoft or Evernote, uh, which is a kind of like a digital trapper keeper tool that you can use to collaborate and communicate with your colleagues and more. Uh, really useful. And this is just really kind of scratching the surface. There's so many other wonderful workspace tools that you can consider using, uh, some of which are part of the workspace product platform and others are kind of like next to it or, or part of it, uh, including things like their Google Cloud Search, which allows you to search within your own documents of your company. They have an endpoint tool to manage end, uh, employees' devices and more. Uh, a couple other ones that I really like, there's a tool called Google Voice, and this is a tool that you could choose to use to better manage your communication. Uh, it gives you a way to be able to centralize your telephony, your both voice and text messages into a single service. Uh, and it can actually be your whole phone service for your company, which is pretty cool. Uh, I like to say it makes your phone a thousand percent better. There's also another tool called Vault. This is for archiving and e-discovery. If your organization, for example, is subject to things like FINRA compliance, HIPAA compliance, where you need to be able to uh, store and process your company's data and then be able to recall it for litigation or discovery purposes, this Vault tool can be a great way for ensuring that you're meeting your regulatory framework requirements for, um, for whatever type of uh, document retention is required for your business. There's also another tool called admin, and this admin tool is a product that you could choose to use that would allow you to be able to configure and be able to manage more effectively your um, Google Apps experience. And it's a browser-based tool, and even if you're not an IT administrator, I think what you're going to find is that with this particular tool, it makes it really effective to be able to administrate the account, adding users, resetting passwords, turning features off and on, adjusting compliance, uh, and more. You can go ahead and uh, choose to use this tool, uh, and it makes kind of the administration of the Google Workspace experience really snappy, fast, effective, and easy. Uh, and I don't think... Uh, you know, frankly, I'm going to pick on Microsoft here as an example. The administrator experience for 365, you, you pretty much have to have a master's degree in computer science to be able to use. It's not, uh, it's very complicated. Uh, with Google, it's just really simple. Um, point and click, get it done, that's it. Now, a couple of tools I really do like about this. I love the central administration of users. As much as possible, I try to empower my users to be able to 
uh, reset passwords, turn features on or off. But I like the fact within the administration, I can set things like password guidelines and force all of my users to follow those guidelines that I set. I could set things like my archiving and compliance requirements, and I can force my users to follow the specific compliance frameworks that I have. I don't have to rely on them for making good decisions as it relates to their security. I can essentially force them to do it. Now, Google also offers what they call mobile device management. Um, what this allows you to do is to be able to secure your mobile devices, you know, like your mobile phones, as an example. Um, with your mobile phone here, you know, this is essentially a tiny little computer, as I like to think of it. And, you know, it's just as important that device is secure as it is your desktop computer. Okay, so with respect to this, um, I would tell you that uh, when you get, especially the premium version of, of Google Workspaces, you can utilize this tool as a way of kind of centrally managing uh, your devices, even for the stuff out in the world. And considering this world we live in now, which is this remote work from anywhere, frankly, I think it's really kind of needed, and especially to ensure that we meet those regulatory framework and compliance requirements. Now, migrating to Google Apps and Google Workspace is pretty simple. Um, you know, it doesn't really require a lot. I've got some basic recommendations here. Uh, first and foremost, you should get a free trial. Uh, you can get a 14-day free trial. It's a full version. You can see if it works for you. And doesn't even require a credit card the last time I checked. And try it out. You know, I can. you can try the different apps and products and services, see if it works for you. Ultimately, you're going to want to train your team. Google has some great resources to be able to train and teach your teams on how to utilize these different services. Uh, Google has some of the best training resources that are out there to help you learn to use this product effectively. And once you've got everybody kind of trained up, I recommend that you consider transitioning them. And when you're ready, you can easily switch your team over. The biggest thing you're going to want to think about is, um, for example, historical information. Uh, so emails, calendars, <laughs> you're going to want to think through what those actions are. Good news is Google has a number of tools to transition from commonly used services, whether it be an on-premise Microsoft Exchange deployment or even Office 365. They've got a lot of automated tools that can help you make that, um, make that transition over. All right, folks, let's go ahead and have our final review question for the hour. Which product is not included in the Google Workspace subscription? Okay. Uh, is it Gmail? Nope. Gmail is a native app included in that subscription, 100% in all levels. Is it Google Calendar? Likewise, no, that is a, a product that is natively included inside of your Workspace subscription. Uh, likewise, Google Meet is also included in your subscription. Um, with Google Meet, though, I will point out that there are some limitations with respect to how many participants you can have, as well as the duration of those meetings. The one product that is not included by default is going to be Google Voice. And Google Voice is something you can absolutely add on top of your Google subscription. It actually is a Google Cloud product technically here. And if you need a way of being able to still provide phone and text communication for your staff, this is a great option. Uh, you can do a lot of really cool stuff with call rules, auto attendance, voicemail and more personally i use google voice to manage my voicemail it pulls my voicemail from my office phone and my um 
my personal cell phone all into one place. And when somebody, for example, leaves me a message, I get it as an email and I can either listen to the message or my personal favorite, I get the transcriptions. And uh, a lot of companies now offer the service. Google, in a lot of ways, I think was the first to offer it. And it was a novelty for many years. Uh, and it still is. But uh, it's a really, really useful tool. And I like to say that Google Voice, it's kind of like uh, what I would say is it's kind of like the Gmail for your for your phone, uh, but for your voice and text communication. The next section of our class where we're going to go ahead and look at Google security and privacy tools. And then beyond that, we're going to go ahead and pull the lens back a little bit further and talk about other Google products that I think you should know about. Stay with us. Lots more great content coming your way. Thank you. This concludes today's presentation. As a reminder, if you're watching or listening to our show on YouTube, Facebook, or elsewhere, you can earn credits by going to cpetoday.com and passing a brief five-question quiz. If you're a new watcher or listener to our show and you'd like to earn a credit, you can do so for free by using coupon code ONEFREEPODCAST at checkout. You can make today's class or any other class of your choosing 100% free with this code. Please consider reaching out and connecting with us on social media. You can subscribe to our channel on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook and more. Feel free to leave us a comment. Also, please consider subscribing to our show wherever you happen to receive your content, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and others. Thank you so much for being here. We look forward to seeing you back in the office the next time around.